Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Head over to audibletrial.com slash jumbled and get your free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. They've got over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Jumbled, your favorite podcast about nothing. I am Johnny, and you guys asked for it. Countless emails, phone calls, text messages, letters, carrier pigeons. Zach is officially fired, and I am taking over. Just kidding. Don't get too worried. Zach is out being a family man, working some extra hours to pay for a sweet vacation. Um, so... I'm going to take on my first ever solo podcast, and I'm not going to lie. I'm going to do this in one take. So, you guys, you have to bear with me for the awkward pauses, the ums, um, and probably some flubs, and some confusion, and some nervousness, um, and that it's very likely that this podcast will be a shorter one. Please forgive me, I'm new to this, somewhat new. I will say, a small story, back in my time at GU, uh, I was a GU radio host. I think I peaked at having um, five online listeners. Um, One of them was myself. So yeah, Uh, running a solo podcast is hard. I am no Joe Rogan. Shout out to my boy, Joe. Um, Joe Rogan, not Joe Oxley. He sucks at ping pong, um, but we won't go there tonight. I promise I won't rag on Joe Oxley for sucking at ping pong tonight. But what I did do was go out to Facebook and Instagram to get some topics because I was sitting here kind of thinking about this and Zach and I talked and we didn't want to do a re-release of the podcast. I felt like that was cheating you guys just a little bit, though I do like re-releases and I love listening back to old content especially from before I was on the podcast because then you really get a good sense of how much better I made it just kidding Joe you're a great co-host oh look I'm doing it again but it did go to Facebook to get some lighter topics because I was planning and I thought about going into some deep stuff and I thought about going on politic parade or talking about guns which I'm happy to do but I got a pretty good amount of listener questions um, to go through. So I'm going to, you know, get right to it. I'm only going to use first names, no relations. But uh, you all know who you are when uh, when I say your question and your name. So thank you for sending some topics. I hope you guys enjoy my answers. If you want follow-ups, the best thing you can do is to uh, reach out to us at Jumble Podcast. Um, I think it's jumblepodcast at gmail.com. Zach's going to beat me for not knowing our own email. Or the one that I do know, johnny.jumbled at gmail.com. That's the better one. Um, I actually check that one. Mostly. Occasionally. Here and there. I probably should check it because there might be some questions in there. My bad. Anyways, let's get right to it. Our boy Larry, first question of the night. How and or why should you start a podcast? This is a fantastic question. And it's something that we've talked about a bit on this podcast and also when I did the guest spot on Up and Coming podcast. I truly, truly believe that it is the most used 
or I guess most closely paid attention to form of social media, if you'd consider it social media, a media outlet. I love the creativity aspect to it. Um, it's a great way to just hang out and shoot the shit with your friends. My dogs are going crazy. I'm sorry. No one's home. It's just me and they're upstairs and they're having a party and they're just really trying to invite us all over. Um, but that's not going to happen. Anyways, podcast, why you should start one. One, it's a great way to share your message. Two, it's a great way to hang out with your buds. Uh, that's one of my highlights of my week is just getting to shoot the shit with Zach or getting to interview other super creative or talented people. We do have some cool guests coming up, by the way. Um, and you know, an inspiration, I, I think hearing some of the feedback that I've gotten from friends and people that I don't know or people that I never thought would actually care to listen to the podcast saying that it actually brightens their day. Um, I never thought that that would be a thing that would happen for Jumbled or, or anything that, you know, that includes my voice. I'm not a talented singer. You guys have heard, you know, sound clips here and there um, of me doing warm up singing for Zach. And sometimes I like to sing them little, little diddlies here and there, but I'm not a singer. And I never thought that something that would come out of my mouth would be so pleasing to, to know to a few thousand people's ears, but it's amazing. Um, it's really cool to see your podcast grow. You know, we, we haven't really talked about it, but Zach crunched the numbers. And uh, for 2018, we had 148,000 listens, which is incredible. I, you know, I think when, when Joe and Zach started this podcast, it was the same idea of let's, we have funny conversations and let's share them. And whoever listens to them or likes them, they, they're welcome to participate. And if you don't, you know what, you're welcome to move on as well. I'm not here to force anyone to listen to it, but to know that we have a lot of repeat listeners, especially for a few months now, a couple years, 100 plus episodes, it's pretty fucking cool, guys. And you know what? If you are like me and you get a little bit of pleasure out of brightening someone's day, I, I highly recommend doing a podcast. It's a great way to meet new people. You know, Zach Klassen talked about how he uses his podcast and network brilliant especially if you're in an industry that requires as much networking as show business so larry share your message you personally have an awesome message and i'm excited to be a guest on your podcast i'm excited for us to do some promo videos when i uh visit louisville and uh we're gonna do some fun shit and we're gonna roll around and maybe we'll record a podcast i know you're thinking about it i know you're getting ready to i think you've been doing some writing so just just do it man you're kind of guy just do it Stephanie sent a few questions, so thank you. Uh, tell us about a place you call home in a way that will convince everyone to move there. I thought a lot about this one because there's a lot of different things I could share. I could talk about the mountains and my love for the mountains and being outdoors. I thought about talking about my family farm that's just north of Edmonton um, because I also love being out there with my grandfather and wandering around the gardens, eating strawberries, hunting animals, you know, just spending time around the river and just being being with family who I, I don't get to see as often as I'd like to. Um, but what really it came down to is there's this tiny little place that I feel like I call home and it's super cheesy and it is in my parents' house um, in their, their, I don't know, I guess it's a living room, the non-TV room, the hosting room. I don't know what that's called, the coffee room. Um, but there is a couch, a green couch. And when I was sick, when I was living with my parents, I would find myself leaving my bed and crawling down onto that couch and laying down and I would get the best night's sleep there. 
No idea why, but just that little spot in the house, in this couch that was arguably a bit too small for me to fully stretch out on. I am a taller guy, bigger dude, um, but it just brings me such comfort. And that's the second place I stop when I visit my parents. The first is the fridge. My mom will will uh, can attest to this, that the first thing I do is I walk in, give my parents a hug, and I immediately go to the fridge. I don't know why. Force of habit, the fat kid in me, you know, always looking for food. My mom typically stocks good snacky foods that I don't carry at home. And when I'm there, you know, the diet kind of goes out the window. Um, not that I would want people to move there, um, though I will say my parents have housed my friends a few times. So if those of you are desperate and you need a place to stay, you uh, you call up Mama Shauna and uh, see what can we can make happen. But I will ask that you stay away from my couch because I love that couch. And that is my secret, secret little place that I call home. Uh, Stephanie again. Tell us about 10 places you would like to visit and why. 10 places. I'm definitely going to lose track, so uh, our non-existent fact checker. Um, don't keep count here, but I'll talk about a few. One of them coming up, um, Japan. I did spend a brief uh, moment in Japan in 2008 or nine, flying through on the way to Thailand, and I loved it. It was cool. I'm excited to see more. Al and I are doing our honeymoon trip there for three weeks uh, and we're going to see as much of the country as possible. Um, we're taking trains, um, we're taking planes, and we will probably take some automobiles, um, but really just eating some food. I'm going to train some jujitsu at a couple cool gyms. We're going to see sumo. Pretty stoked on that. Uh, I jokingly said I was going to enter, um, but that would probably end poorly because I know it doesn't look technical, but it's definitely technical. And there's a lot of rules there. Uh, so Japan, one. Two, I want to see more of Canada. I've seen a decent amount of it, but I truthfully haven't been that far east. Um, I want to go to Newfoundland uh, real bad, and I want to see some more of Ontario because that's a giant province, um, even though it's full of some yuppies, but uh, I also know there's a lot of non-yuppies out there, so don't don't be giving me a hard time, my Ontario listeners, or my family from Ontario, who are probably going to listen to this podcast because some of you gave me suggestions to talk about. Um, so Japan, Ontario, Newfoundland, I have been to nowhere in Europe. I've seen a decent amount of Asia, um, but I have not spent a lot of time in Europe, Really want to go to the Netherlands. That's where part of my family is from. I think that could be a pretty cool trip. I uh, would love to see Ireland. That's where a lot of Ali's family is from. And we've been talking about doing a trip there. Uh, couldn't give you specifics in either of those places other than I just want to step foot in that country. Um, I would, you know, I had an opportunity to potentially go on a trip to Africa a few years ago and I decided to not. Um, attempt that trip and I really regret that and I think that would be a really cool country I met a, someone from South Africa and spoke really highly of it obviously there's some risks like traveling to any foreign country but I think seeing it from you know seeing more of the world uh, never hurts I think any of the travel that I've done really being um, I really try to invest myself into the local culture and community. I'm not a big fan of touristy trips or touristy traps, um, but I will also say in my old age, I do really like staying home. And some of the stuff that, you know, if I had some time for vacation to travel, traveling within Alberta, there's stuff within Manitoba that I'd like to see, 
go and see some friends back in Winnipeg. Shout out to my Winnipeg homies. Um, yeah, I think that was like four or five or six. Pretty, st- you know, standard. I'd love to see Europe. That's a lot of countries. Love to see Africa. That's like 58 countries or something crazy like that. Um, and, you know, travel my country itself. It's so big. It's so vast. It's so different that, you know, I think you could make a strong case to uh, to travel just within Canada and see quite quite a bit uh so thank you stephanie i think you got another one further down the list that i'll get to um that one's definitely going to be a hot topic uh moving on to jake one pizza topping for life and he put in brackets on top of cheese and sauce because that is standard that's mandatory for for a pizza and i learned weirdly in when i lived in america that some places don't don't use pizza sauce on their pizza which I thought was really fucking weird. It's not pizza. Then you're just talking about cheesy bread with some other toppings. Um, so as you guys probably know, I am a meditarian, a carnivore. If I'm getting pizza, I love maximum amounts of meat. If I had to just pick one type of meat, I'm probably going to go just the very standard classic pepperoni. But I want like a quality thick cut big slice pepperoni and i don't want none of this two two slices of pepperoni per pizza ration bullshit like come on if this is my one pizza that i'm going to eat for the you know for life it is going to be double cheese double sauce just as much meat on top and you know i i'm torn here so i have two ways i like to eat pizza and they're on very opposite ends of the spectrum the first is double cheese double sauce all of the meat extra crispy the second um which is what i call the pizzerito is you take all that basically and then you soft cook it so that the crust is still very malleable i want to be able to bend it and then i roll it into a burrito and yes i have i have actually done this as you guys know i am 100 percent a fat kid through and through, despite what I look like on occasion, not being a fat kid, you see me when I let myself go or on a weekend when I'm cheating and you all would be real scared. Anyways, pizzerito, that's where I would go probably because then you can dip it in marinara sauce, which has beef. Is that cheating, Jake? Is that cheating if my dipping sauce also contains a topping? I don't know. That's a question. I look forward to you uh, getting back to me. Uh, Following... Do you think school detention slash suspension does any good? No, not at all. I not not at all. I think it does great for the kid who's getting suspended, who then gets a free week off to sit at home and secretly play video games. You know, sure. But is that really solving a punishment? I think most kids would say being at school is more of a punishment. I think there's creative ways to engage a kid to you know towards better behavior um that's an interesting question jake uh you are you are you thinking about suspending someone or putting them in detention i would say actually detention is is a decent deterrent especially because one you're forcing them to stay in school extra hours assuming that is what detention still is classic detention is after school but i do think that there's been some changes in what you can do and then there's child care and transportation and there's some obviously some risks with that but I think detention, 
definitely can be used. One, you're forcing the kid to spend more time in a place that he absolutely doesn't want to be. And let's be honest, the kids who really want to be at school aren't the ones getting detention. Two, you're using that detention productively so that they're doing homework, um, studying, maybe solving the problem or working out the issue that caused them to be in detention. Uh, I know you're not a teacher, but I'm suspicious about this question. There's something more to it. Uh, Jake continues with Johnny's top car tips for the everyday person. What should they be doing? Oh, baby, this could be a whole podcast. So there's like, this is the whole do what I say and not what I do situation. Um, Because I love cars, as you all know, and I love working on cars. Um, It has been a serious part of my life for as long as I can remember. Full disclosure, I will say that I am starting to fall, I don't want to say out of love with it. I think I just have other priorities. Um, Simple car tips though, what everyone should be doing, listening to their car. Getting used to starting your car, turning down the music, let it warm up, listen to the sounds that it's making, so you get used to it. So then when there is this weird sound, you pick it up right away. I think what happens with a lot of people is they're so used to just abusing their car and using it as a point A to point B tool that they, uh, you know, get in it, crank the tunes, having a good time, drive it. And those little problems that if you caught early would be stay little problems, go unnoticed until they become a big problem. And you hear this big bang or this big clank or this big grinding noise, and then you're right fucked. So that, and I think basic maintenance, looking at your tires, it sounds silly, but actually walking around and checking all your tires, making sure they're inflated, listening to your car, um, watching your lights, you know, being careful with what oil you use and getting oil changed on a regular maintenance, on a regular schedule. It's pretty simple. I don't think it's, it's not, it's definitely not rocket science with a car. Most modern cars are, are going to run pretty, um, self-sufficient. I will say don't always fall for the traps. If you're doing your dealer maintenance and paying the crazy inflated prices at getting it done at a dealer, always check for a local shop Midas, no plugs for Midas here, but they're pretty cheap and they can sign your warranty book and always fight that. Um, keep all of your receipts. I learned this somewhat the hard way a few years ago when I blew the motor in, in my truck. Um, thank you Ford. Uh, you guys don't buy a Ford. They will fuck you every chance they get. Um, Sorry, Ford, and uh, sorry to my friends who work at a Ford dealership, but here's the truth, and you know I'm going to speak it. Uh, So I blew the motor in my truck uh, driving through BC, and they really wanted to fight me on it, even though it was still under warranty, and I had to dig up countless, countless receipts for the last three years that I owned the vehicle, showing that I took great care of it, and I mean everything from wiper blades to oil to oil filters, to cabin air filters, to maintenance took place at multiple dealerships because I lived in different places, um, and then any anything like that. So having a good filing system, that's, wow, that was some actually like decent life advice for me. This That was not as funny as maybe you were hoping. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, that I would say is probably key. Keep your receipts, don't overpay, don't be afraid to shop around. And the also thing, the other thing too is just because your mechanic says you need to do it doesn't mean it's a safety issue. You can definitely ride out some things to the ground. Perfect example. I got told about, I don't know, 15 months ago that, uh, that one of our vehicles needed front struts 
and um, I have not done them yet. And they're a little squeaky. And I noticed today on my drive home from the gym that they're definitely getting a little bit worse. And it's probably getting to the point where I should do it. Not necessarily from a safety issue, but more of it's it's starting to annoy me because I can hear it now. And truthfully, I just had other priorities. And if, if I'm going to spend a couple hours changing struts on my car, I'd rather be working on the Corolla. And that's that's where those priorities come. But I should probably address that. And I'd say learning to do some of the maintenance by yourself. You'd be surprised at what you can learn just picking up a tool. Remember, worst case scenario is you're paying for a tow truck to get it to a shop to get it done right. Maybe you're out 50, 100, 150 bucks. But the gamble there is you might save yourself quite a bit. An oil change isn't hard. Learning to change a tire, definitely not hard. For those of you who have seen Human Centipede, you all know the value of changing a tire. That's all I'm going to say there. What is a fun fact of 2019 that I have learned so far? Hmm. I've learned a lot of little things. Um, I would say I've learned some fun facts about myself, um, especially around political views. I have become more and more open to political view changes, less set in my ways, if you will. Um, definitely more libertarian but i've also learned with all the craziness going on in the u.s and back at home in canada with a provincial and a federal election coming up that it's just a waste of time politics are a waste of time and that's depressing that there truly isn't a candidate that reflects my views and i don't think that's a fun fact that's maybe a sad fact i wish i had something cool and, and witty to to respond to that but I'll think about it, and uh, I'm going to write that down in the jumbled book, and uh, maybe I'll have something better for, for the next episode, Jake. I feel like I let you down on that one. Um, time travel. What time period would you go to? Um, this is a real easy question. Uh, the 80s, and I would invest in every currently booming technology company, Apple, Microsoft, Google, I think Google was more like mid nineties, but still you get, you get the drift or, you know, maybe last week and I would take the winning lottery numbers from that. I know are going to happen and I'd buy that ticket and then, you know, do what I really want to do with my life and, you know, have money, take some time off of work or at least work for, you know, work for my passion. And, uh, as you guys know, I, I work in, um, fund development, the phil philanthropic industry. So I am one of those lame people that actually have a list of places that I would donate money to um, when I win the lottery. And I say when, because I truly mean that. I believe that you put it out there and it's going to come back to you. And it's just, I'm just waiting. It's coming. I know it's coming. Um, but I think, you know, going to the future might be cool, but also terrifying. Because then you go to the future and say you serve, say you don't like what you see in the future and you survive and you manage to come back. Imagine having that pressure of, of having, you know, is it your responsibility then to, to alter the future and what could one person really do and how would you do that? Would that be your life mission and how do you fund that mission? That's stressful. Same thing as, you know, going too far back in time and, and, you know, altering the, the, the timeline one small move and maybe you don't exist and then you get into this weird time loop of 
could that even happen because you go back to you know to make that difference and would it just reset itself i don't know man timelines are, are pretty fucking scary um and then you never know right you might you might stop one bad thing and lead to an even worse thing so there's a lot of pressure with time travel i think and you know the butterfly effect the smallest little ripple can have a pretty pretty significant uh outcomes either way or responsibilities which is why i'm going to cop out and say to last week with the winning lottery numbers buying a ticket winning 50 million dollars and living my life with the one goal of you know making everyone else's lives around me that much better that's i think that's that's reasonable right that kind of kind of answers the question uh, going on to Jared, who we did actually talk about having you on the podcast. And if you're listening to this one, send me a message and we're going to schedule it because I know you have a lot of stories. I know you have a lot of stories because I've heard some of them and I would love to hear them. And now we're in a position where you can share even more of them without any worry. Uh, so Jared's question is Vancouver or Toronto, who is more smug? And he said, just kidding. But this is a real question, and this has been on my mind for a little bit. So those of you who listen regularly know that I live in Alberta. Um, We are the Texas of Canada. I would say we're fairly redneck. Um, And I'm okay with that. I'm comfortable with that. Uh, My wife and her family are all from the Toronto area. Um, So there's some danger here. And my little sister lives in Vancouver. So full disclosure, I have spent more time in Toronto than I have in Vancouver. I will say, I think I like Toronto more, but I would never live in either city. Um, They're smug in different ways, Jared, very different ways. So Toronto is this like, we're better than everyone because we're the center of the universe, even though they're the Eastern part of Canada and they will say they're central Canada, but if you draw a fucking line, they're clearly on the east of it. Um, and that, you know, fashion hits there first and music hits there first. And, you know, everything that makes its way to Alberta is like six months to a year behind because Toronto is at the cutting edge of it. They are the biggest, the biggest city area in Canada. So sure, it's pretty cool. Vancouver on the other side. Now I have this little personal vendetta with Vancouver right now because there's a lot of tree hugging hippies out there and not that it's a bad thing. I am very pro environment and I believe in taking care of environment. So don't, don't be jumping on the band band Johnny bandwagon here. Um, But I have some deep rooted frustrations with the tree huggers out there who are anti-pipeline anti-energy anti-hunting and are literally just putting up roadblocks for the sake of putting up roadblocks simply because they can especially with oil and gas like i said alberta being the texas of canada we are an oil rich province we are a have province and we've really done more than our fair share of funding this great country um, for years could we have been better with how we manage that money 100 percent no doubt about it we could have been better there's always room for better but we have this interesting opportunity or challenge that we have right now where we struggle to move our own product and we are forced to then sell it at a discounted price directly to the us who then sells us back refined products for an elevated price 
which is, you know, anyone who's in business would say, hey, we have one customer, the US, who is also one of the top five, at least guaranteed the top 10 oil producing nations in the world. So we have one product that we're trying to sell to one customer who doesn't fucking need it. And we're okay with that. And we're fucking ourselves on a daily basis, costing Canadians billions of dollars, hundreds and hundreds of millions, billions of dollars, countless money that we could be investing back into our own country to support social services that we do need, that we should be supporting, saving some stuff, saving some money, which would be, which would be awesome. The other part of it that frustrates me is that we're dealing with that on the West, that we can't get a pipeline to the coast. And then on the East, um, they're quite content with getting in Saudi oil um, through other methods that are a lot more dangerous than, than a pipeline. Um, and, you know, there's some human rights issues with Saudi. And it, it's just frustrating from an Albertan to say we have this fairly ethical, ethically harvested resource um, that we can do in-house, but we can't ship product anywhere or develop it here because we have two countries who, by the way, get equalization payments from Alberta so that they can maintain the quality of their great quality of life that they have while limiting our ability to create more money. It's just very ironic. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's ass backwards. We know we're moving away from oil as an energy resource. 100%, I agree we have to, but I don't think we can just Go cold turkey on it. Let's take a hot second to stop and talk about our sponsor for today's podcast. You guys know him. You guys love him. It's Audible. Head over to audibletrial.com slash jumbled and get your free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. We've talked about them over and over again. If you guys have not yet taken advantage of the opportunity that is in front of you right now, it's a golden opportunity, please do. You get a free book. I mean, a free audiobook. You know, I don't know how else to explain it. You sign up for the trial, you get the free audiobook, and then anytime within the 30 days, you can cancel and you'll get to keep your audiobook. It's a free audiobook, guys. You'll get to keep it, you'll get to listen to it over and over again. And you know what? That sounds like a win win situation to me. The audiobook that I'm going to recommend for this month is. Girl Logic by Eliza Schlesinger. If you guys have not uh, heard about Eliza, Eliza Schlesinger, it's a mouthful of a name. She is a comedian. Uh, super, super funny. This book, uh, this audiobook, just talks about um, how women's minds, how they work, and and how uh, sometimes women can obsess over details that that men wouldn't even notice. Uh, she talks about uh, a characteristically female way of thinking uh, that seems to be contradictory and circuitous at the same time, but is actually complicated and highly evolved. I think we can all agree that uh, when you think about male versus female minds, if you had to pick the, the brain that is more highly evolved, 
you're going with the woman. <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking personally, I can only do one thing at a time. My wife like does 14 different things uh, while I'm trying to figure out the one thing that I'm doing. Uh, so anyway, that's the book, the audiobook that I'm going to recommend this month. But hey, if you guys don't want to listen to to Girl Logic by Eliza Schlesinger, they have over 180,000 different audiobooks that you can choose from. And it's not just comedy. They have audiobooks on everything. They even have uh, Audible Originals now that you can uh, that you can check out. So there's going to be something that you can find and, and dig into and really get something out of. Uh, and, and you should really go uh, take a look at them. They got a lot to offer. And now uh, that I have plugged that, I will just tell you one last time, head over to audibletrial.com slash jumbled. Let's get back to the podcast. Like, let's be honest. We can't go cold turkey on it. Oil products make up for like 95% of everything you use on a day-to-day basis. It's in your fucking toothpaste, people. Think about it. It is literally everywhere. I love, I love when I see anti-pipeline protests and um, especially when it's in the ocean and people are, are riding plastic kayaks. Like, yo, dude, where the fuck do you think that kayak came from? What is that kayak made out of? You're cutting down trees? The other irony in it is BC's industry is fishing, logging, and mining. And then when you go, you know, further out east, you're looking at mining again, some fishing. Um, Oh, and that a couple of those provinces just dump raw sewage into all their water sources. So that's okay. But, you know, heaven forbid we try and move, you know, this this oil across the country in a super secure and safe pipeline where we're already covered in pipelines and it's really low risk and there's a lot of safety measures so let's just cripple our country i kind of guess i went a little bit political on that one for you jared um so if i had to pick who i'm more mad at right now i would say vancouver but overall i would say in my experience people from toronto out east or are more smug that was a good, that was, we got a little deep on that one. All right, going on to Mona. If you were a dessert, what kind of dessert would you be? So this is a, uh, a loaded question because I used to work with Mona. And this was like a group activity that I wasn't part of where some of my colleagues got together and they started assigning desserts to, to people. Like what dessert represents this person most likely? or the best. And I got lemon meringue pie, which I will say a few years ago when I found out about this, I was deeply, deeply upset about being compared to lemon meringue pie. Um, because, you know, I just thought I was a little bit more with it because, you know, lemon meringue pie, it's, you know, it's tangy. It has like weird crusty whipped cream meringue in it that I don't really like. Um, and it's a, it's, it's probably the worst pie, really. It's kind of like a jello yogurt combo of yellow puke. Um, and I thought it was a little bit cooler, you know? I always thought it was like a hip New York cheesecake or, um, you know, good old wholesome chocolate chip cookie. I'm simple, but always a good go-to. But after some deep, deep self-reflection um, and getting into it, I am probably a lemon meringue pie. I am a little crusty, definitely tangy. Uh, I would say not everyone likes me, but those that do are pretty serious about it, and I'm okay with that. Um, 
and you know yellow eh, it's not a great color but I, I don't mind it I can I can rock a good yellow shirt here and there it reminds me of summer and sunshine and happiness so I think there's some redeeming qualities of lemon meringue pie I would say I'm not as opposed to it now on the cusp of saying fully accepting it uh, but I don't know what do you guys think right into uh, to jumble then and, and let us know if Zach and I were desserts which would we be and which one would you eat first that's the important part which one would you eat first so Zach my co-host who bailed uh, good job Zach way to bail um, asked a, a very very thoughtful question and I don't even know if it's a question or more of an explanation, but he said, why Zach is more attractive than Johnny? <sighs> this is a tough one, Zach, because we need, we need to talk about attraction as a whole or a specific body part. Because I know there's some that I got you beat on, but I will say there is a big craze right now around male facial hair and beards and even though i won the beard off of 2009 and you will protest against that statement but we have photographic proof that i won the beard off of 2008 or 2009 whatever year it was your beard is stellar and that baby will carry you a long ways so if i had to say why you are more attractive than me i would say it's the beard but you shave that bad boy off and everyone sees you got no chin and that rockin' dad bod, by the way, we need to do a weight update because I'm getting ready to wrestle the living shit out of you. Um, the beard. That is why, Zach. I'll admit it. You grow a better beard. It's fuller. It's higher. It connects in all the right places. It's just, good. It's just good. It's who you are. It's just who you are. And as much as my beard is who I am, I still get beard envy. And you know what? I'm just going to have to accept that. I'm going to have to live with that. It's tough, but I'll do it. Lori asks, rice or beans? What's the better side dish? Uh, so there's a little bit of a inside joke to this one, which I won't get into. Um, but you had to know I was going to go with beans because beans, protein, and no carb. Well, lower carb. And they're just... I think they're more diverse. You can eat them whole, you can eat them fresh, you can eat them cold, you can eat them warm, you can mash them into this gross brown paste that is looks a lot like poop but is very delicious. It goes into burritos, which I also love. I've never thought about putting beans into a pizzerito. I feel like I gotta I gotta do some do some science in this and seeing how I can work some some uh, refried beans into a pizzerito. Or is that just a burrito? Hmm. I think we are, we're on to something here, folks. Like, we need to figure this out. But yeah, rice. I have learned to appreciate rice more. A little bit. Um, I like it with cilantro. I like it with spinach or beet leaves. But I don't eat it that much because it goes right to my belly. And I've been working real hard on, on getting these abs showing a bit more and... Rice gives me good energy, but it also gives me a good belly. And uh, I try to avoid that. But beans, you know what? Beans have never steered me wrong. I've never had a bean dish where I've said, hmm, 
I feel fat after eating this. But I'll tell you what, you eat a couple cups of rice and uh, you're going to feel real fat, especially if you don't cook it all the way. Don't make that mistake, people. It will expand in your stomach. It will suck a lot. All right, moving on to a question from Adam. Talk about why the Oilers are stuck in a perpetual state of mediocrity. <sighs> so this one is very near and dear to Adam and I because we're both Edmonton Oilers fans. That's hockey for our listeners who don't follow hockey in the NHL. Um, Adam was born near Edmonton and has stayed true to his Oilers roots. Um, I was, you know, grew up in Edmonton and will always love the Oilers. And I think that is the root of the problem. Oilers fans are diehard because we had an amazing dynasty. We had Wayne Gretzky. We had, you know, all the other great players that go with, with that dynasty that we all are just holding on to something that most of the diehard fans now weren't even alive when this happened. And at the end of the day, we're still going to go to games. We're still going to buy the shirts. Fuck, I'm wearing one right now. I'm wearing an Oilers shirt right now. I, be honest, I have somewhat stopped watching the Oilers because it is depressing. I get really excited and every year we think we're going to rebuild. And I would say 19 times out of 20, we don't rebuild. And we occasionally get a good showing. We had a decent playoff run a couple years ago. We have the best player in the NHL and we still can't fucking win. The reality is ownership doesn't give a fuck because they're still making money. The only way that team actually changes, actually addresses the systemic issues that they have in the upper management is if people stop going and stop buying. And that's never going to happen. That is simply never going to happen. We we have made this bed and we have we did like full hospital corners on those sheets and then we stitched them into the mattress so there's no one tucking that bitch we're stuck with this bed we made it this is our life and i'm honestly really tired of the organization blaming players and blaming coaches because in the last i don't know 10 or 11 years we've been through i don't know 9 10 11 different coaches 9 10 11 number one draft picks and it's not making a fucking difference. So, I mean, how how long can you keep doing the same thing over and over again and finding a new p- person to blame until you realize that the common denominator is yourself and you need to fix that. And a perfect example of this is players who do poorly here, who are supposed to be highly rated, going to change this team, get to Edmonton, suck ass, they go to a different team and they fucking blossom and they excel and they revamp that that organization that they're playing for now and they have breakout seasons it's not that they got better it's not that they're practicing different it's not like they're playing with better talent i mean sometimes that is the case but we have a lot of good talent and we waste it because there's something going wrong the other issue simple fixes which is a little bit contradictory to what i just said we could do a better job at investing in goalkeeping and defense and we're always trying to get the discount 
you know, Ben or the up and coming goalie or someone else's good backup who maybe will make a starter. Um, and we don't, we don't spend the money where we should and we are getting better. And I think we've made some moves that are promising and we are still technically at this point in the playoff hunt, though I'd, you know, I'd give us a snowball chance in hell to, to make it. Um, it's there. We have, the, we have the team, but there's something going on in upper management. There's something in that locker room that's cancerous. That's just dragging, dragging that team down, that organization. And the only way it will be addressed is if suckers like me stop buying the shirts and going to games and watching them on TV and talking about them in a positive light and remaining hopeful. They are capitalizing on our hope of people. And it sucks. And now I'm really depressed thinking about this. Thanks, Adam. Great. Real, real nice. Uh, okay, we're shooting back to Stephanie, who had probably my favorite question of of today. Um, so great debate. The razor or the wax, which is truly better for the manzillion. And I'm not, I can't. I don't know if I know exactly what a manzillion is, so I'm gonna take a quick, quick Google search here. Manzillion, I should have done this before. I apologize, guys, but you know what? I'm by myself, so you're just gonna to have to live with that. Maybe it was manscaping, quick Google, not really showing anything right away. Um, men's laser hair removal, I would say laser is maybe the best. Oh, oh. Okay, I found it. The Manzillion, also known as the Boyzillion, Guyzillion, or Back, Sack, and Crack. This is how we at Manzillion differentiate between a Manzillion wax and a Hollywood wax. The Manzillion equals crack up to the sack and shaft than either a tidy or shaped pubic area. Wow. All right, so I want to go back to my question from Jake about a fun fact I learned in 2019, and that's it. I just learned what a manzillion is. Um, so I think this is pretty easy. Um, wax is probably the most painful but effective or longest lasting. I feel like a razor is tedious and dangerous. I'm also a little bit concerned that my mom liked this question and said, love this one. I, do I want to know how you know this, mom? Do you know what a manzillion is? I'm deeply concerned that I am so out of touch that you know what a manzillion is and I don't. And you know what? I take that question back. I I don't want to know. I don't want to know how you know that. Not at all. Um, so I have used wax before, not in those areas. That's a pretty sensitive area. This, the skin is pretty thin there and, you know, around the bits and bites. Um, but uh, I've used wax before in some shoulder areas and arm areas. And I think that, that works beautifully, grows back slower. I find it to be less itchy. I will say a story back to Johnny in grade nine, the first time I decided to shave my genitalia area and I had no fucking clue what I was doing. Bought a razor from uh, Walmart. Um, it was the cheapest one because, you know, I was cheap and I, again, didn't know what I was doing. Hopped in the shower again, didn't know what I was doing. I was like, water, water is nice. That will help. And it'll just wash it all down the drain. Um, and I went to town and like, I didn't know I, you know, did the pubis, 
I did the gooch. Even did the butt crack, and I was like, "Whoa, that wasn't too bad." I only cut myself a couple times, um, and I was pretty proud. Uh, what I didn't realize was that when you first start shaving, you shouldn't shave against the grain, which I did. So I was shaving up, so I got real close shave. Also, what I didn't know is the benefits of using hot and cold water to help your pores. Um, so I had about a day of beauty. And the next day I got that beloved razor burn, which burns and sucked and hurt. And anytime any hair, you know, anything got on there, soap when I was showering was not enjoyable. And I had that all over my private bits, you know, from pubis to butthole, that whole area was just fucking on fire. And just when that started to relieve itself and I thought I was, you know, out of the woods, pun intended. Um, I got to that lovely part of where the hair starts growing back. And that itch is something that I will never forget. Roughly 20 years later, almost 20 years later, I still remember the feeling of that intense itch all over my underpants region. Fucking miserable. So after reading that quick Google, I would say, I'm going to switch it on you and go laser. Just get it all done. Be gone. Though, you know, I think a little bit of stubble is good. It's kind of manly. You don't want to look like like a fresh baby. That's kind of weird. Maybe some people are into that. I know there's that like whole I'm a baby diaper fetish thing. But, you know, I would I would probably go maybe not laser either. Trimmers. Just keep it tidy. You know, be respectful, look good, look manly, but uh, look like you care. Put in that little effort for that special someone, you know, they'll appreciate it. No one, no one likes a mess. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, so going on to my boy, Matt, um, I think there should be a Matt segment where you talk about our first date. So I'm pretty impressed that uh, Matt wanted me to talk about this because... <laughs> Uh, I remember our date, I think, much differently than he does. Um, so you guys know I'm married to a woman. Um, but Matt would be my unofficial official uh, boyfriend. And Allie was away. Uh, she had moved back to Calgary. And I was still living in Winnipeg. I'm giving away some of where you live, Matt. I hope you don't mind. Um, I know you're out and it doesn't really matter. But try and you know, keep some people's privacy to themselves. Which is why I'm surprised you want me to talk about this. But I, I'm i sensing some uh, some motives here. Um, and uh, I was kind of lonely and sad. And Matt and a couple other, another friend of ours, Scott, um, we decided to go out on a double date. And Scott brought his girlfriend, I believe. And then we went out with Lacey and Jesse, who you got, Lacey's been on the podcast. And uh, Matt was my date. And we went to a tapenaki place, a Japanese restaurant where they cook on the fancy grill in front of you and do knife tricks and yell and flip cups of rice at you and you catch eggs, you know, pretty interactive. Um, and uh, I got a little handsy with, uh, with Matt. And, you know, I was still drinking at the time. And I was feeling good, and I was playing it up. And I'm pretty sure the really old Japanese lady who was our server um, was a little bit confused. Like, I wasn't, like, holding his hand and giving him a kiss or anything. But she kind of gave us looks like she assumed that we were together. Um, so me, not being 
shy or or you know afraid of expressing any kind of sexuality um I went for it. So I started rubbing Matt's back and putting my arm around him and giving him sweet eyes when she'd come around. And uh, Matt got really embarrassed. And, uh, you know, I was I was hurt. I put myself out there for you, Matt. And, and you mostly left me hanging. And uh, I haven't, I've never recovered from that rejection. I'm not going to lie. It is sitting with me deep. I know we've had follow-up dates that have gone much better um, and we've hung out you know a lot more since then so clearly we're on the right path um, I've learned that you know I'm a fast moving kind of guy and you know you're you're a bit of a, a, bit of a slow moving gal and uh, I've had to adjust my strategy but I'm happy where we're going so yeah that was that was our first date um, freaking out old Japanese people um, and I would say even maybe pushing Matt's boundaries a little bit I think I caught you off guard I don't I don't think you expected me to be, you know, that comfortable to go, uh, to go, uh, full public, uh, holding your hand, but, uh, I have no regrets, Matt. No regrets. You have a good manicurist, by the way. Uh, so the last question of the night comes from TJ. If you could have lunch with one person alive or dead, who would it be? This is, this is a tough one. Um, I love this question. It's a it's a great interview question. It's you hear it all the time, and I've thought a lot about it in the last couple hours about how I would respond or what I would say to this. And you know, I don't, I don't know. Like I thought about some funny answers. I was like, yeah, you know, dead. Maybe Michael Jackson, so I can, you know, he's already dead, so he doesn't care. So then we could just say like, yo, did you, did you really diddle those kids? We all know he did. Um, we should bleep that out, actually, allegedly. Um, you know, and then I thought, you know, what would be some cool, you know, other historic figures that I would want to have, have lunch with um, that are maybe dead? And I thought, you know, Paul Walker. I always loved Paul Walker and cars, but at the end of the day, like, he's just an actor. Is that really meaningful? I'm not really a spiritual guy, so I don't know if any, you know, spiritual people... Gandhi maybe would be kind of cool, but I don't think we would see eye to eye because, I mean, I'm somewhat of a aggressive or violent person, and I like eating meat. I like eating in general. Um, is that is that poor taste and joke? Sorry, guys. I don't mean to offend anyone. Um, people that are living, I don't have a lot of super cool, fancy celebrities. Joe Rogan, I feel like that's such a fucking cop out because I'm, you know I'm always riding his dick on this podcast, but. I truly think he's a, a super interesting guy. Would love to roll with him. We're into a lot of the same stuff. We love hiking. We love hunting. We love jujitsu. We love fighting. We love cars. You know, I think I think we, you know, that drives pretty good with me. Um, if I had to think of, you know, kind of my fanboy, it would be Davy Havoc from AFI, who's probably who my mom is thinking. Like, why would you not say Davy? dumbass um afi is my all-time favorite band i love davy i think he's super creative um and uh so it'd be maybe cool to to talk to him and and you know share what his music has meant to me over the last god how long have we listening to afi for it's like 93 fuck i'm old guys um yeah i don't know i wish i had a, a cooler story i feel like Whenever, whenever someone asks this question, they always have this, this deep and meaningful and creative response. And I'm just kind of like, oh, I don't know. 
this guy who likes things that I like. Uh, he likes jujitsu. I like jujitsu. Or, you know, he likes cars. So that's cool. I don't know. That's another one I'm going to have to put some, I think, some deeper thought into because that's a, you can really get into some interesting cans, cans of worms, can of worms, monkey in a barrel. I don't know. Pick your choice, your choice, really. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I would probably, the easy default would be Joe Rogan um, just because we're, you know, I th- he's really cool. I find him inspirational. He's super smart and I could, you know, maybe use him to get some more Instagram likes and we can grow the podcast more. Selfish. Sure. Call me selfish, but you know what? Hey, the more successful Jumbled is, the more successful my friends are too. And the more opportunities we have to uh, to showcase the awesome creative people on the podcast. Speaking of, great segue, John. Oh, God, I don't even fucking need Zach. I'm just yammering for like an hour now. God, I thought this was going to be short. We're rolling up over 50 minutes now. Um, so some future guests coming up on the podcast. We are going to bring back season two of the Conspiracy series with Jer. Um one of definitely some of my favorite episodes we're going to put some more prep work into it truthfully i did ask if you wanted to just randomly come on um come on this week uh but jer being true to his nature and doing his due diligence he said no and that if he was going to come on he wanted to do our listeners right and he wanted time to prepare and figure out what we were going to talk about so my thoughts jer because i know you're going to listen to this episode will be one I want to talk about the stuff that we talked about in the previous episodes that have strangely been come true. So there is some, Jer's maybe not as crazy as we all thought. No offense, Jer, you know I love you. But some of the shit you say is out there. But some of that out there shit is starting to come to light. And personally, I'm a little bit scared about it. Would love to get into, you know, some maybe a little bit of politics, which I know is a sensitive topic, but we'll we'll dip our we'll dip our toe in there uh love a good alien story would like to get into some of the conspiracies around you know this this breaking news around rich people bribing to get their kids into uh, university um and how that is potentially linked to the sex ring and how basically once you're a millionaire you're just a piece of shit human um i'm learning that there are great people out there that are millionaires i work with a lot of them not I don't want that to come out the wrong way, but there is a certain level of celebrity status that you get where you just think, you know, you can, Aunt Becky can just pay her kids way into prestigious schools, ultimately, you know, taken away from a spot from a more deserving kid. Um, And you know what she should have done with that money is maybe invested it into tutoring for her kid or, you know, better parenting skills for her kids so they wouldn't grow up, uh, you know, a snotty brat. Not that I'm saying that her kids are snotty brats, but, you know, that would be the easy way out for me to go to say, yeah, you were rich. Your kid grew up rich and he didn't have to work for anything. So why would he work for school? He knows mommy will pay his way to get there. The flip side would be, what if you were that kid? What if you were that kid and you truly thought you got into Harvard or Stanford or wherever on your own accord? And then it, the news breaks that actually, no, mommy and daddy just... Uh, committed fraud to get you to the school do you stay in that school do you get removed from that school like is is harvard and stanford and yale like kicking these kids out now that this news story broke like what happens how fucking embarrassing would that be so you know what 
now that we've worked through this, I can see both sides of this. So, uh, yeah. So we're going to have Jaron. We're getting back into conspiracy series. A conspiracy series. Um, look forward to that. We are going to bring on some small entrepreneurs. Uh, we're going to bring on my boy Greg, um, who is probably the smartest person I know. We're going to talk about AI um, and the app that he's developed that's booming. So we're going to talk about being an entrepreneur, um, working in programming, um, artificial intelligence and where it's going and you know his, his list of pros and cons for it. And we're going to get Lacey back on. Um, we're trying to figure out some creative avenues for Lacey. Uh, we have some things in the mix, but I don't want to say anything because we're, we're still working on some details. But she definitely will be back on with some more stories. Jared talked about you. We're going to get some stories from you about uh, what it's like working with uh, young adults and university students. I know you got some good stories. I'm pretty excited. We'll probably see the return of our boy, Larry, especially once he gets his act together with the podcast that he's bringing out. We're definitely going to help promote that. We're still waiting to hear some breaking news from Zach Klassen about um, his auditions and what he's doing, but I know he's working hard. Um, so make sure you're, you're giving you know all those people uh, a follow. Support, uh, support Jumbled and support um, our guests because they're all incredible people who are working the hardest. Um, and we're just really a community that's, you know, trying to support each other and, and make everyone's dreams come true. You know, it's really not about being better than the person next to you. It's about helping that person be better in general, which will then make you better as well. Anyways, we're going to wrap it up. I'm going to throw it to Zach to put in his two cents, but I don't even think he deserves the opportunity to put in his two cents, but I can't remember the outro. So Zach, take it away. Do the outro, my man. Thank you all. I'm Johnny. This is Jumble Podcast. Thank you for listening to me ramble for about an hour now. I hope you enjoyed it. Take care. How about that for a showing, guys? Johnny really knocked it out of the park. Uh, you know what? I think he's been lying to me this whole time. I don't think he's been co-hosting just jumbled. I feel like he's got some sort of secondary podcast that he's uh, he's he's you know he's got some chops. He's got some solo podcast chops. So uh, Johnny, great job, bud. Sorry I couldn't be there. Uh, you know, trying to trying to get that money. Um, and you know, uh, sometimes you got to prioritize things that you don't necessarily want to prior prioritize, but it just has to be done. So anyway, uh, really appreciate you, bud, uh, stepping, step your game up there and, uh, and doing what you need to do for the podcast. Uh, much respect guys. If you want to check us out on social media, that would be at jumbled podcast, wherever you want to search. If you want to send us any emails, that'd be jumbledpodcast at gmail.com or johnny.jumbled at gmail.com. Remember, dick pics only in that account. Um, if you would so kindly, please visit our sponsor, Audible. Head over to audibletrial.com slash jumbled and get your free 30-day trial and a free audiobook. It's a great deal. Don't want to miss out on that. And head over to patreon.com slash jumbled pay $500 and get us an address, please. At this point, we're just begging. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, I really enjoyed listening back to it. Uh, make sure to check back next week uh, when hopefully it'll be both Johnny and myself back in the saddle again. Uh, oh, by the way, wherever you're listening is just fine. 
but please head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. It does help out a lot. And uh, we're looking to diversify our sponsors, our offerings a little bit for you guys, so you guys don't just always have to hear Audible. So anyway, head over. Uh, obviously, do that that Audible trial, um, like I said before. But also leave us a five-star rating because you are five-star friends of the podcast. And, uh, and we appreciate you. Okay, guys, we will be back next week for another episode of Jumbled, your favorite podcast about sometimes having to just do this shit solo. Right, Johnny? See you guys. Hey, Zach. Eat a dick for abandoning me and adding my abandonment issues that's right i fucking went there and you have no idea where this shit show is gonna go but this is all for you Mm, dinner